Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Okay, so we are on the second aspect of abandon. Oh, yes, we are. And so last week, we had an overview on Tuesday about abandon, and then we dealt with the first aspect of abandon, um, which is leave without intending to return. That was the number one aspect of abandon. So tonight, we are going to be dealing with the second aspect. So let's um, review the scripture in Luke 9, 61. And this is a follower of Christ making a declaration. And he starts and he says, it says, Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replies, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. And so here's someone who seems to be very uh, willing and excited, but yet he says, I'll follow you. However, I need to do this, this, and this, and this. And so the second aspect of abandon is this. Number two is you must give up completely. Give up completely. So as I was studying today and just sitting with the Lord, this thought came um, that most of us are not 100% happy with where our lives have been or they are going currently. And yet we refuse to give them up and over to God. We are not fully content with the way God the plan of God might be going or we're not really uh, happy about the way our lives are going based on the way we've kind of set things up. And yet the only way for that to shift is to fully give up um, and give over to God completely. Us, because a lot of times when we're talking about give up completely, we are very focused on things that we can give up things that we can stop doing. Yes, those are very necessary, but you are the thing that must be given up completely. And that's why we talked, you know, last week about those areas, those ways, those routines, those attitudes, those behaviors, those actions, and that mindset, because those things are a part of the makeup of who you are. But if we're not really 100% content and happy with where our lives are or, or where we have been, then why is it so hard for us to give up completely um, our lives over to God? And so one of the things, the only thing that allows our a completed give up is a three-letter word. And that word is yes. So the, the key to number two, to give up completely, is yes. So let's talk about what that yes means. If we were to um, exegete this, the text or exegete the word yes, because we're going to go to a, a portion of scripture 
that I will show you this yes. But in when we exegete the word yes in scripture, it mean it means this. May it be so. So when we are saying yes to God, we're saying may it be so. What you have for me, may it be so. Your will for my life, may it be so. The plan of God, may it be so. Right? So when we're saying yes, we're saying may it be so. Also, yes is an affirmative answer. It's an affirmative answer, which means attached to it is hope, encouragement, and support. The word affirmative means to be hopeful, to be encouraging, and to be supportive. So it's an affirmative answer. So our yes has attached to it hope, encouragement, and support. So when we say yes to God, we are hopeful for the future. We are encouraged that we are not on the journey alone and that actually God is leading us. And then we support the work of God in our yes. The second thing is that our yes is an expectation of agreement. We talked about in the comes that we need come meant to be in agreement. This yes is an expectation of agreement. So that's a strong belief that something is going to happen. When you're not, you have an expectation, that just means you have a strong belief that something is going to happen. So here's 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says this, that the promises of God are yes and amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. And so in the Amplified Version, it says this, For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes. So through him, we say our amen to the glory of God. I love how the Amplified says this, that as many as the promises of God are, that they are, an- they are all answered yes in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20. So let's look at this in the, in the message. It says this, whatever God has promised, get stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. See, when our yes is attached to God's yes, then this, there is glorious evidence. So the promises of God are answered with a yes, but we must first give a yes. We must first have a strong affirmation because if we don't give a yes, then we don't say that we are willing to agree with the promises that God has for us. But as many as the promises are, and that's the great thing about God's promises, they're, they're many. <laughs> the Bible says they are many. There are a, a large number of promises. I think sometimes we look at promises and we just look at these very big kind of like miracle-y kind of things. And we forget that there are just some other promise, small promises that God has made us that aren't enormous, but that are very beneficial to our becoming. And so let's look at some things about people in the Bible and what their yes equal to. So number one, if we look at Abraham's yes, 
Abraham's yes was the beginning of, the, of nations for God. God takes Abraham out, tells him to look at the stars, and he says, you will be the father of many nations. So Abraham's yes equals a beginning of nations for God. Jacob's yes equaled the establishment of a people. Jacob has how many sons? Twelve. And they become what? The 12 tribes of Israel. So Jacob's yes to God is the establishment of a, of a people. Number three, Moses's yes to God equals others' freedom. Moses saying yes freed a people. Isaiah's yes equals send me, use me. And then number five, Jesus is yes, equaled your salvation and eternal life. So we see here how powerful the yes of man is to God. So the yes from man to God created nations for God, established a people for God, set others free, <laughs> set a whole people free, caused a man to be sent and used to be ready and in position. And then that yes, when we say that we believe with our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is yes for us. His dying on the cross solidified our ability to say yes and receive the gift of salvation and eternal life. So one yes begets another yes. So your yes has the, the, the power to open doors that you can't see right now. Your power has, your yes has the power to set people free. Your yes has the power to establish and to shift and to transform. Our yes is powerful. And our yes is in that abandoned moment, right? So we talked about, right, where the scripture says, come follow me. We're saying what is not spoken in between the come and the follow is this, this action that has to take place of abandon. And so when we say come and we come forward and we come in and we come um, out and we come behind, we have to, in that, in that moment with that has to come a yes. I'm giving up everything completely I'm giving up everything that makes me comfortable. I'm giving up everything that I like, I love, because I know that when I say yes to God, he will not only fill the things I've given up, he will turn everything around. And what I thought I needed, I realize I don't. What I thought I really wanted, he's going to show me exactly what he has for me. It begins to transform your world when we stop focusing on the things that we think are for us. And really that yes puts us in a position to know what's for us. And so no one knew the whole story or had full understanding when we look at all of these people. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Isaiah, they did not have the full story or had full of understanding of what their yes meant. But that encounter with God, that call of God, should cause a yes. And so because of these encounters they had with him, 
Their yes was so sure. They were so certain. And we've got to be encountering God on a daily basis because that's what keeps our yes sure. That's what keeps us continuing to say, here I am in the morning for that spiritual roll call to still say, God, I am willing. I am, I am available. I want to go where you're setting me to go. I want to be where you want me to be. We have to have an expectation. We have to have an affirmation in our yes, because that affirmative answer is where the hope comes from. That when it gets hard, I still have hope that Jesus is in control. When it gets hard, I'm still encouraged because Jesus is in control. When it gets hard, I know that I have support from the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because I have said yes to the triune God. And he says he shall never leave me nor forsake me. So it doesn't matter what man is doing. My yes is not to man. My yes is to God. And then in return, he says, my yes is just as sure as your yes. My yes is even more sure than yours is because mine is attached with it promises. I've come to give you life and that much more abundantly. Everything that we do in regards to our relationship with the Lord is a yes. And I remember growing up when people would be like, just say yes, just say yes. And I think we say the yes, but I don't know if we understand the enormity or the weight of that yes, because I think the, the yes has become more emotional than it has become concrete in our soul and our spirit, where that it becomes the foundation that we move upon, that every new thing that God puts in our path, the yes becomes easier because we have seen him and he has proved himself. When someone has proved themselves and you know them, it is a lot easier to say yes to them. It is hard to say yes with someone you are not sure about or you don't really know. And a lot of times what happens is the enemy will confuse us and we will forget how consistent and constant God has been. How many times God has proven himself because for a moment we're just a little unsure. Things don't necessarily, we're not really, we're not really sure. Is this the way? Is that? And we start leaning to our own stuff. And so then the enemy gets us off kilter and we're a little off focus. And then we're thinking, well, no, I'm not really sure. And God's like, I just need you to say yes again, because if I am not who I say I am, then you can say no. But the truth of the matter is, once you've encountered God and you really look back, I look back before Jesus was my Lord and I can see him proving himself all along. And so it makes me it compels me. It persuades me. It induces and increases my faith. And it keeps me saying yes, even when my flesh is beaten down. <laughs> my spirit still has, it rejoices. My spirit is still excited. And the thing is that when we allow the flesh to be more dominant than the spirit, then we can't, we don't feel um, we're not compelled to be back in that place of yes. None of these people that I've described outside of Jesus himself were comfortable with the ask. So God is not saying, I need you to be comfortable with what I'm asking you. 
I need you to be confident in what I'm asking you. Because the first thing Moses said is, I, I don't speak well. I don't do this. I don't have this. I don't. And he's like, let me bring your brother. Let me help you out. But understand, he is still not the one. I just see that you need somebody. But I'm telling you, he is not the one. So I'm not going to speak to him the way I speak to you. But I'm going to give you something that you need because I see you want to say yes. But right now, your insecurities Right. So what God does is sets us in community because he understands there's going to be these moments when we can't see what he sees in us. So he puts in someone else's sight to see you the way he sees you so that you can be encouraged to stay in your yes. Jacob was a liar and a trickster. He then steals his brother's birthright. He is set out. He then goes through all these challenges and then God says, but now I'm going to change your name and I'm going to make you great. From who he was to where he became, he had to say yes to behavior, attitudes, ways that here's the thing. If we if we really look at them, served him because without stealing the birthright, he would have never got that blessing. It's crazy, right? The wrong action God turns around to then create and do what God needed to do in the earth. So he says, I'm still, and that's us. If we look at all the things that we did before, <laughs> and he's like, but I still am going to turn this around. I'm going to work this out for your good. It's still for your good. And then we have Isaiah who's like, I'm in the service of the king. And then now this, the king is died, And now I have this moment and I just hear the Lord requ- uh, 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 needing somebody. I am completely, uh, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm undone. My lips are unclean, but send me. So in these moments of yes, the yes is not about you being certain about you. It is you understanding that God is great and big enough that he is in control and you can rest in him, not in yourself. And I think so many times, even with me, I have not said yes because I've looked at my my um, my hum- my human frailty <laughs> and thought, well, I don't, know, I don't know how I I didn't ask you how you can do it. I told you that I would do it in you. The yes is, God, I know you'll do it in me and then you will do it through me. So whatever we are saying, he is saying, if we do not have a yes attached to it, then we will not manifest or walk out what he's saying. We will just keep talking about it. How, oh, how great it is, how big it is, all these things that are going to happen Oh, God told me to, you know, I feel like, and then, but if you don't have an affirmative response attached to what he's saying, you will not see it because you won't support it. You won't have hope attached to it and you will not be encouraged to keep going because there are times Bible says you have to encourage yourself. Everyone is not always going to be there to hold your hand. You have to have a relationship with the Lord that the word that is in you, that you have hidden in your heart, that you may not sin against it, but that you may not sin against yourself. But that word becomes an encouragement to you so that when there is no one else to speak life, you have life because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So whatever you're speaking 
to yourself has to pre- produce a consistent yes because yes gives life. And so number two <laughs> is to give up completely and we do that by saying yes. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.